All right, everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Pod Strickland. We are recording this on our usual Sunday, but we tried to, we decided to do something a little bit different where we just did a mailbag, um, a straight up mailbag that we asked um, everyone to send their emails to. That email address is podstricklandpod at gmail.com. Uh, a lot of your responses were really good. We're going to try to get to as many as we can. We kind of formatted down and broke it down a little bit. Brett did that, so shout out to Brett. But um, we're really excited for this one. We wanted to do this for a while, and you guys responded in an overwhelming fashion, so we really appreciate that. So, all right, let's get right to it. Appreciate it, guys. All right, Brett and Jacob, how are we doing today? Um, as I said in the open, this is kind of a special one. I know we've talked about doing this, I think, since you know maybe the second or third one that we did a couple months ago. Um, so, yeah, this is our first ever mailbag one. So, um I guess we'll go do just a brief introduction on how everyone's doing and let's jump right into it. So Jacob, how you doing, man? Oh, sleep deprived from having a dog. If you hear him in the background now, I apologize. I'm finally getting to say that about someone. He's been a bit yappy today, but yeah, it's 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 great. But it's yeah, it's just been a whirlwind last week or so. So just yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Good, Welcome to the club, Jacob. Yeah, Team no sleep. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Brad, how, how are we doing out on the West Coast, my man? Fantastic, man. Um, yeah, actually, I actually got a pretty good sleep last night, so I'm I'm happy with that. <laughs> and uh, it's uh it's hot as fuck here in San Diego. But uh, you know, I'm trying to keep cool in, indoors. But yeah, looking forward to this one, man. Mailbag time. This is this has been a long time coming. It is, it is, and I know we, we've we've talked about doing it for a while. Um, Jacob, just to let you know, it, it, it gets a little better. Um, you know, I'm on I'm on about five hours of sleep right now, so that's good. If I get five hours, man, I could this bar that I'm currently sitting at in my basement, I could lift this up like nobody's business right now. I feel fantastic. <laughs> so, all right, so we uh, as as you guys know, the last episode, um, which was a really fun episode, and we appreciate the feedback we got. We decided that we were going to do a a mailbag podcast. And we asked you guys to email your stuff in, and we got an overwhelming number of responses. So shout out to you guys. You guys uh, you guys rock, and we really appreciate the support. So Brett, kind of, he is taking the liberty of kind of organizing this for us. And we're, like I said, we're going to get to as many as we can. Um, there's, some, there's some dad ones that I really want to get to because I, I, I'm sure – Brett does too, and even Jacob can add some dog dad stories because I mean it's just it's been a it's been a whirlwind. So let's get into it right away. Um, this one is from our good buddy Chase, and we'll have we'll go. Jacob answers it first, and then Brett, and then I'll I'll give my my two cents on it. Chase writes in, pick a player to anchor your dream franchise for the next ten years, and he gave us three examples. So this is we're just going to go with the three examples that he gave us: Bam Abadeo, Shy Gilders Alexander, or Carl Anthony Towns. So Jacob, out of those three. Who would you want for the next 10 years as your star player, as your anchor? Carl Anthony Towns, 10 times out of 10. No no need to think about it. Like, I'm not, like, Bam, I can see being an all-NBA player, an all-NBA defender. Shea, I can see at an all-star level. Cat, I can see at MVP. Real, like, this wasn't even a debate for me, honestly. That's, that's, that's me done. I don't need to add anything more to that. Nice, nice. Oh, wow. Brett, Brett's response is going to be interesting to me. I'm curious to see mm. what you're going to say, Brett. Well, yeah, mine's a little closer. Um, I'm going to take Shea out of the mix right away just because I don't think he has anywhere near the upside as great as he is. Um, he doesn't have the upside of, of the other two guys. Like, I think he's, yeah, maybe an all-star level player, but I think with with Bam and, and Cat, you have a lot more upside. Cat probably has as much upside as just about any player in the league uh, in terms of talent, but I'm going to go with Bam because defense, first and foremost, he's he's a fantastic defender. And and I think offensively, he, he he's still got a lot of room to grow. And, and with him, it's it's like the uh, the work ethic, uh, the, the willingness to to improve, to work hard. And I'm not saying Carl Towns doesn't have that, but I haven't really seen that yet. He's just so naturally gifted. And, and I think as a defender, he's got a lot of potential. But will he ever grow into that? Uh, that remains to be seen. With Bam, I'm I'm 100% confident he's going to continue to get better, and he's a guy that that can be your defensive anchor and also a playmaker on the offensive end. So I'm going to give a slight edge to Bam on this one over over Towns, which is tough because Cat is a is a special player. Yep, and Brett said that guy is wearing a Bam jersey. He's probably got one on right now that he just ordered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I. I don't know. I thought this was tough because I'm not very – I like Bam and I like Carl Anthony Towns and I, I really like SGA. But, I mean, Brett, I was similar to you. 
Um, I, I just think it's, I mean, it's his second year. Like I, I can't put him up there yet. I reluctantly, very reluctantly chose Carl Anthony Towns. I hate to say it and I hate to be cliche, but you know, that they, you know, we do talk about it, that it factor with him. I'm not sure if he has it, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I, I just feel like with his talent and how good he is, I don't want to compare him to somebody like Giannis, but I mean, he, I just think Minnesota should be a lot better than what they are. And I think he, he is really that big of a game changer from a talent perspective. And I don't think he has, he has figured it out yet how to put it all together. But I mean, obviously he's still young. There's still time for him. I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not giving up on him or anything like that. But for me, it was a very reluctant uh, Carl Anthony Towns. So really, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big cat fan, man. I, I just, uh, he should be dominating. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It bothers me a little bit, but, <laughs> but all right, let's go. Sorry guys. This is our first mailbag. So just bear with us a little bit as, as I'm trying to go through all this. Um, This one is from Jordan. What player drafted drafted pre NBA ABA merger would be the best in today's NBA. So Jacob, we'll go with you with that one. Ooh, I, I was really torn between two guys. I changed my decision at the last minute. I'm going to change it back and go with Jerry West. Yeah, I'm I'm comfortable with that. We're talking about he's a player. I mean, he's slightly smaller than I would like. But one thing I think we overlook with Jerry West is that his physical dimensions are very similar to Dwayne Wade. Like, he's he has long, long arms. He's quite broad-chested, like thick-chested, broad-shouldered at 6'2". He's not the physical talent, but he is a high-level creator, a three-level scorer who could easily be an amazing three-point shooter in today's NBA. And I think when you're doing something like this, you have to choose either a all-round wing, like my other choice was Dr. J, but like that was kind of the other route I was going, or you want to go for a high-level um, backcourt creator slash scorer in today's NBA. And for me, it's Jerry West. Yeah, yeah, I, I considered him for sure. He's he's right near the top, um, as well as Dr. J. Uh, the guy I'm going to go with is Connie Hawkins. And he. Ooh. I know the question said drafted pre-NBA, ABA merger, and I don't believe he was technically drafted, but I think, you know, I think he uh, he counts. So I'm, I'm going to go with Connie Hawkins. He was just so far ahead of his time, 6'8", kind of like a combo forward almost, had some perimeter skills. He could shoot it a little bit out to about 18 feet, just huge hands. I mean, he, he really could do it all. He's one of those guys, when you watch him play, like you could almost, you could take him in a time machine with none of the modern advantages or anything like that and just put him right into the NBA and he'd be great. He looks like a modern player when you watch him play. So for that reason, he was the first guy that came to mind for me. And it's a shame that we only saw, you know, six or seven years of him in the NBA because um, he was Jacob, you've talked about this, I think on one of our other podcasts, but where he was pretty much screwed over by this, uh, this gambling scandal. And and we, we pretty much missed out on a lot of his prime, but he's, a, he was a modern player in the late sixties, which is just incredible. So that's, that's my pick. That's Hawk. Pretty That's pretty good, man. I can't argue with that. I also went with uh, with Jerry West, though, um, for everything that Jacob said. Nice. Um, I, I don't think it, it's – I mean, Jerry West, he, he's just really, really good. And he reminds – you go back, and whenever we think of players from the past, I mean, he, he's essentially – I couldn't imagine the, the shit that he would get uh, because as similar as he is to LeBron James, you know, getting to so many NBA finals and only winning – Mm-hmm. the one that he did and similar to LeBron like he would he just dominated and you could tell like I mean I, I don't want to change the question too much but um you, you know it's crazy I, it's been posted in the ringer group before on uh, who is like the best overall like bat, I, how did how was it worded like you, you guys know where I'm getting at like you know GM yeah. coach like player like I mean like Jerry West oh, is yeah. like all of that you know he's the logo like he just it, he is like when you think of like the NBA, like that's someone that you think of on any different level, you know, whether it be GM, um, just for what he did with with the Lakers, you saw what he did. I mean, I don't, I know none of us will ever really know how much, how important he was to Golden State, but um, obviously with the Clippers, like he came in, you know, immediately traded Blake Griffin. So I mean, for me, I know that I kind of veered off a little bit, but I just wanted to give a shout out to Jerry West. So, so <laughs> I had the, I had the same thing. I'm going to do one, and I think, um, Jacob, I think this is this has got a little special shout-out to you. So, And I, I saw that you um, emailed us your response to this, too. So this is from David. Shout-out to David. This is this is kind of a long question, so I'll, I'll do it as best I can. Take a team of five average players from 2020 and five average players from 1995. Throw them on a court with no prep. How does the game go? 
How much of a difference do modern analytics make? What about modern training sports science? We talk a ton about top-end teams across eras, but comparing average teams seems like a more useful thought experience. Experiment. I don't want to say this last part, but P.S. Stay strong, <laughs> Jacob. Hashtag Team Draymond. <laughs> Fuck yeah, David. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, which one of you guys? Which one of you guys wanted to tackle that one? I'll, I'll go first, and, and just real quick on this one. Um, I think Jacob may have more to say on it than I do, but I think the I think the 2020 guys win easily, and that's because we're talking about average players. And I think when we talk about the talent in the NBA, I think that's where the improvement of it is is sort of most obvious like say you took the five best players from 2020 versus the five best players from 95 that i don't know that's that's tough because mm-hmm. you know you've got hakeem jordan like guys that can compete in any era but i think when you're talking about average players that's where we see a huge difference like the average guy in 2020 is way better than the average guy in the 90s so uh so i'm gonna say the i'm gonna say the 2020 team spanks them just because just because the the level of talent is so much deeper now in the nba than it was then even if it's similar at the top end it's those average guys where it's really uh it's really come a long way Mm -hmm. i mean jacob let's i mean you actually emailed well i shouldn't say emailed in our in our message in our group chat you actually gave us teams as well so why don't I mean, why don't you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, I know I kind of know you already told us what your answer is, but why don't you kind of give us how you broke it down and your analysis, so Uh, to speak? So I thought when we use like an average player and these were arbitrary boundaries I drew, I just went through basketball reference, 1995, who are the, because there are 27 teams, who are the top 27 at each position by VORP, value over replacement player. And then I looked at, you know, the 13th, 14th best and around that range and saw at each position, saw who came out as kind of an average starting level player at each position and do that for 2020. The teams I actually ended up with were 1995 was Kenny Smith, Del Curry, shout out Del Curry, Jamal Mashburn, Dale former Davis. Buck Del, former Buck Del Curry, just want to reference former that there. You, we, all know, we all know where Steph's going in the offseason. We all know. yeah it was kenny smith del curry jamal mashburn dale davis and then it was a toss-up between roy tarpley and sean bradley so that's the 95 kind of average starting level team for 2020 it was De'Aaron fox marcus smart jonathan isaac davis bertans and brooke lopez and 2020 would absolutely blow them off the floor honestly it would not be close. Like, how the fuck are you going to stop? Like, how is Dale Davis and Sean Bradley going to stop, like, a horn set of De'Aaron Fox with Bertans on one side and Brooke Lopez on another? Like, honestly, like, how, how, how are you going to do that? Like, what, is Sean Bradley going to guard someone at 22 feet? Like, that's just not going to happen. And then, and I actually think if you went back to 1995, the 2020 team would win even worse because, like, we talk about um, hand-checking Players right now, the 2020 players are about half a stone heavier than the 1995 players, and it's all muscle. They're quicker. They're stronger. Like, they're just, they're more technically gifted. There just is not a comparison. And the three-point line is a average, is 22 feet all the way around. So then Marcus Smart long twos, they're going to be threes. Like, this is just going to be an absolute bloodbath, no matter what rules you play with, in my opinion. Like, this is just... It's a non 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 issue. I agree because I was wondering about that too. Like, well, what rules are we playing by? And then I was thinking, like, you know what? Whether we played in twenty twenty or ninety five, the the twenty twenty team spanks them. Yeah, I mean, what is like Del Curry going to hand check Marcus Smart? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going to happen? I, I agree. I, I think it'd be twenty twenty in a landslide. And I just to, just to kind of answer his thing, especially um, sports science. I think these guys take way better care of their bodies um, now mm-hmm. than they do. But that's. A, Again, like shout out to David. This is a great question, but I mean, when I read it at first, I'm like, well, is the 1995 guys getting the same treatment as the 2020 guys? Like, how, you know, there's you, there's so many different questions that you can have for this, but I, I thought it was 2020, and I, I'm, I'm wow, we're in agreement on a lot of these. Wow, this that's surprising from us. Yeah. Today. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> if it was, if we were talking about the top five players in the league or something from 2020 and 95, that's that's a different conversation. But yeah, average average yeah. players uh, have just gotten so much. And better. it's a good point by David too. I mean, you you really could. I mean, he what did he just in his question here? He he made it seem like that um, 
it seems like it's better to when you're comparing errors to compare the the kind of less meaningful guys. So I don't know. It, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting question for David. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I, I thought about, it. I mean, great question. Hey, shout out to you, yeah, David. Yeah. You had Jacob staying up to like two in the morning last night, trying to, trying to figure some of this stuff out. I so. was, I was actually up until <laughs> like two in the morning, taking the dog to the toilet. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I think here's what I think. I think these next two questions, we are definitely going to be disagreeing a little bit. So um, let's go to shout out to Josh. Josh is obviously a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. So appreciate you, buddy. Um, Here's his question. How do you guys view the future of the Wolves right now? We have a likely top three pick. Beasley as a super intriguing guy we are likely to retain and a promising future of D'Lo plus Cat combo. Who do you guys think is the best pick for this team? Do you think Wolves fans have real reasons to be excited? Are there trade candidates you want to see them target? So, Jacob, um, why, don't you, why don't you take that one and then we'll right. go to Brad. So, so there are about four question marks here so i'm gonna address so how do you guys view the future of the wolves bad like all wolves teams i think the future is bad just because organizationally they are just an awful now that donald sterling's gone i mean if there wasn't a dolan we're talking about i mean there there still might be the worst organization in nba history at this point unfortunately i'm sorry josh i'm sorry like i don't mean to shit on your team because you have cat and i love cat like I even like I like Beasley. I love Cat. I think the combo of D'Lo and Cat isn't one I would put together. I think it's one that the organization has done to try to appease Cat rather than make a decision that actually suits the organization. I think on a great team, D'Lo is maybe a sixth man on like a top top team. In terms of who I would pick, I'm not 100% on this draft, so I kind of avoided the guards because I haven't really looked at the guards. I would probably either go for that um, Onyeka Okung Okungwu. I'm I'm butcher, gonna butcher his name, or <laughs> Denny Ab, or because he's he seems like a kind of a big, strong kind of defensive. And basically, how I would build this team is very similar to Dirk Nowitzki with the Mavs. That's how I see Cat. I see him as a kind of combo of Dirk and Durant, and that's how I would look to build a team around him. I would look to see if I can get a Tyson Chandler type. I would look to see if I can get, you know, a Jason Kidd, strong defensive team with playmaking around Cat. And I'm not really, I'm not too worried about spacing because Cat might be the best floor, have the most floor spacing value of any player ever, apart from maybe Steph. Like as a five that shoots like 42% from three, like that's just unbelievable. And yeah, I just, I just but I think what they've done is not, really they I just I don't believe they've really supported Cat and I think they mucked up on the Culver pick like I think if they could have traded down to say like San Antonio picked up Derek White and picked Brandon Clark I think they would have I think they'd be in a lot better position right now and yeah I just don't see this team really making acquisitions that are meaningful in the future and I love Cat I think he's an MVP level player, I think he can be better than Dirk Nowitzki if he really puts his mind to it. But I just don't see it happening with the Wolves, I'm afraid. I'm significantly more optimistic when it comes to the future of the Wolves. Um, I actually think they could be within a couple seasons of of being a playoff team. I, I definitely like some of their pieces. You know, you look at D'Lo, Cat, and Beasley, probably their they're three best players, but the only problem is that none of those guys are are very good defenders. Like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, I think Cat still has a lot of defensive potential that could potentially be unlocked, uh, but I can't can't count on that too much. And the guy you mentioned, Onyeko Kongwu, um, is exactly who I would draft if I were them. I think he's I think he pairs perfectly with Towns. Um, he's you know he's like six nine. He's long. He's athletic. Power forward center combo. You know, he's a defensive first guy and also a uh, has the potential to be like a really good role man uh, finisher in the, in the pick and roll. So with Cat's floor spacing ability, I think he fits offensively. And then defensively, I think he's a great fit because he's he's going to be a really good rim protector. So I, I'd even even if they end up in, in the three or four range in the draft, I would give him a long look. He's the best fit. If they're in the top three, they might go with best available. But I, I think in terms of fit, he, he's a no brainer. I like him a lot. Assuming they bring Beasley back, which is going to be important for them to do, and also uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez, they're not going to have a ton of cap space. But uh, one guy that came to mind that's going to be available that's a free agent is Mo Harkless. I thought he could help them. 
as kind of like a three and D guy. He, he can knock down the threes. He's got good size. He plays defense. I, I think defense is clearly their biggest need. So I think they need to address that with everything they do. And then the more shooting, the better. So they've got a couple of defensive guys. They've got Okogi's a nice defender. Culver, I think, has a lot of defensive upside. But they're going to need more than that, especially when your your cornerstones are are guys that are, are certainly not known for their defense. But I'm optimistic. I like their coach a lot. I like Ryan Saunders. And I think I don't think we've seen the best of Cat yet. So I, I think things are looking up in Minnesota. All right. Well, Josh, you're you're going to hate me. Um, I'm rooting for you. But I mean, to Jacob's first part, I mean, I think that Glenn Taylor is one of the worst owners of the NBA. And I think he has been for a really, really long time. Um, we will never, ever, ever probably, I mean, I hope so, but know what really happened. Um, it seemed like when they hired Flipback and KG went back there and he was going to be the mentor to Cat, it seemed like, you know, they were on the up and up. And then obviously with, with Flip Saunders dying and then like I said, we'll never know what happened between KG and Glenn Taylor, but KG does not not have good words for him. And it's sad because I think KG, I think he really likes Minnesota and he really embraced Minnesota. And I think that's a, that's going to be a stain on them. And plus, just looking at everything that they did with the Tom Thibodeau era, um, I know I've said this before in the group, not on this podcast though, but I mean, I thought getting rid of Jimmy Butler for them was a huge mistake. I mean, when he got there, they were instantly a playoff team. Um, I know they went 47 and 35 the one year that Jimmy Butler was there. And I believe um, I'd have to go back and look at it, but they were a lot higher. Um, if you remember that year, Jimmy Butler got hurt and he sat a lot. I think that was the infamous um, all-star all-star game where Jimmy Butler didn't play or he played like 30 seconds or something along those lines, but they were going to be a lot higher than what they were. And they ended up you had Jimmy Butler and the whole Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins thing. And, you know, I thought it was really bad. And I thought Jimmy Butler was really, 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 really good for them. And all Jimmy Butler wants to do is win. Like, I'm not going to apologize. I'm a Jimmy Butler stan. So, but then Jimmy Butler goes to Philly. And now Minnesota is kind of back to to where they've always been. Like, oh, they got this another superstar player or a superstar talent. And they don't really know what to do with it. Um, I mean, Brett, everything that you said to their to their roster is fair game. I just don't trust the the owner or the GM or anybody in that organization to kind of keep this going. I mean, it's very, very clear. You don't have to be a diehard NBA fan to know that Minnesota targeting D'Lo is strictly for Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, it's yeah. and it's really, really bad. Like, I don't care. I don't care that we're in a an era of player movement. I think it's really bad when you sign your best player to a five year max and there's already rumblings before the before his first year is even done that he wants out that's not good (laughs) i mean that that's not good at all and i think minnesota is going to have to they're going to have to do a lot to to kind of fix that situation and based on their history i don't have high hopes i mean i'm rooting for them i mean i I really am like i love their logo and uh, you know i've been a fan of i've always been intrigued by them since they had kg and i liked flip i just don't I don't see where we could look at their owner, Glenn Taylor, and be like, yeah, this organization, this is a top-notch organization. They're going to figure this out. Yeah, I, I just, exactly. I just, I just don't see that. So I apologize for you, Josh. Now here's one. This was one of my favorite questions because I know the Celtics fans are just going to go batshit crazy on this one. This is, this is from Derek. Gee, shocker. Who would you rather start a team with? Jason Tatum or Ben Simmons? So, Brett, let's um, – we started with Jacob the last couple of times. Why don't, uh, Brett, why don't you give us – who would you rather start a team with, Jason Tatum or Ben Simmons? Jason Tatum, easily. And it's, it's pretty simple for me uh, because, you know, with Ben Simmons, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that you need to surround him with certain types of players to really maximize his ability. And I think Tatum's a guy that you could put on just about any team and he's he's going to be awesome. Um, it doesn't really matter who you put around him because he's he's so well-rounded. Plus, isn't he still only 19 years old? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. He's, he's, he's young, though. Uh, now that's, an, that's an easy choice for me, man. Ben Simmons, the lack of shooting, just it just limits him too much. And yeah, if you put the, an absolute perfect roster around him, uh, maybe he has a higher ceiling than Tatum in, in a perfect situation, but I'm taking Tatum. See, for me, it was a lot closer. And I think this really comes down to talent versus work ethic because what really decided this for me was when i listened to jj reddick and jimmy butler talk on podcasts about their time in philly and every time they talk 
they talk about Embiid. They're like, Embiid, if he dedicates himself like he can, he'll he's an MVP candidate, blah, blah, blah. They don't mention Simmons in those same discussions. And that's really telling for me that either they don't see Simmons having that ability or they don't see him putting in work like he could do. And for me, like I think Simmons is far more naturally talented. I think he could, if he had the work ethic of Jimmy Butler, I think he could have been the best player drafted in the 2010s. I genuinely, I believe he's like a six foot 10 Jason kid. Like it's just unbelievable with like the physical ability of someone like, like a skinny LeBron. Like, whereas I would say Tatum, I see a ceiling as like a slightly better Paul George, which is obviously amazing, but I see Simmons as real transcendently talented, but Tatum we've seen him climb. We've seen his work ethic. We've seen how he's improved every year. And I do think Simmons has improved. I think that's gone underappreciated defensively. He's become maybe the best defensive point guard apart from like smart, whatever position you put him at in the league. And uh, his, his um, efficiency has been improving. But like you said, Brett, Simmons has a really idiosyncratic kind of player profile so roster construction is really difficult around what he is good at. It's like you have to build a team one way. And like you said with Tatum, he's a great 3 and D wing who is also a bit of a Paul Pierce without so much playmaking. Like there's a lot there with Tatum. And like you say, you could put him on basically any team and he'll be awesome. You want him to play the Clay Thompson role? He can do that. You want him to play as a Paul George kind of Kawhi Leonard kind of star wing? He can do that. It's yeah. I so I would choose Tatum. You're welcome, Derek. But it's mostly because Ben Simmons. I just don't see him ever reaching his ceiling. You know what? I really, 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 I really wanted to pick Ben Simmons, but I, I'm picking Jason Tatum strictly because of Ben Simmons. And I, I know that sounds weird, but to touch on some of the stuff that you touched on, Jacob. I mean, I, I really, I've been, I've been saying this for the last six months. I really want Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to be on different teams. Like, I really want to see Ben Simmons kind of unlocked a little bit. And the other thing, you have to go back. You know, you you touched on his work ethic, and I know uh, you guys don't really watch a lot of college basketball, but Ben Simmons was when he came in when he was at LSU. He was by far the best college basketball player, and I mean from a from a talent perspective, and the fact that he couldn't lift those guys to the NCAA tournament was, it was, it was kind of a little bit of an eye opener. And I know like there was a lot of stuff that went down there and a lot of stuff that was outside of his control. Like maybe the coach wasn't as good or, or things like that, or the people he surrounded himself with. But for me, like you see the work ethic with Jason Tatum, you see that he kind of wants to be better. And with Ben Simmons, I, I, Jacob, I agree with you. I mean, Ben Simmons from a talent perspective might be the most talented player in the NBA, like right now. But for whatever reasons, like I think it's I think it's fair to question his work ethic. And I listened to that JJ Reddick, Jimmy Butler podcast as well. And like there was barely any mention of Ben Simmons. And I mean that to me, like that's concerning. And I don't know, as long as Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are on the same team, I think like they they cancel each other out. Like we talked about um, on a couple podcasts ago in the playoffs. I mean, Ben Simmons just sat there in the dunker spot. Like his his reluctance to shoot the the three ball is just it's mind-boggling I mean not even I mean it's and we're not even talking about like shooting and being just bad a bad three-point shooter we're we're talking about like refusing to shoot and it's just like I said it's really mind-boggling so yes Derek reluctantly I am uh I'm choosing Tatum for you I know you're probably gonna listen to this in your car and just yeah so, all right. All right the, the, in one, and just to, I know we need to move along quickly with this, but just to sort of emphasize one thing Jacob just touched on was is the improvement. And that's that that might even be the biggest thing for me is like, I really don't, I, I haven't seen a lot of improvement from Ben Simmons. I think there's been some, but it's not like, I, I think he's basically the same player he was as a rookie. He, he does, he just doesn't look much different out there than he did then. Whereas with Tatum, it's the improvement has just been massive. Um, especially between last season and this season, so that's that's really encouraging, and that actually might be the the primary well, reason it is, why. Man. why and, I and Brett, you you you, set, you hit it on the head. I mean, for someone as talented as Ben Simmons, you should be seeing a second year jump, a third year jump, and really, you're seeing like these little 
uh, incremental jumps from a guy. And you're right. I mean, he you you can make an argument that he looks exactly like how he looked when he was a rookie. And that's- he's gotten smarter, and that's like the defensive improvement that Jacob mentioned. Like he's gotten smarter, but I think that just happens naturally with with anybody in the NBA. You you learn the NBA game, so I think any improvement that's happened with him is just kind of. Uh, naturally come and I don't think it's so much a product of him uh, working to improve at least not nearly as much as somebody like Tatum yeah see I would I would say that he's um I would say that he's he's gotten better at the things he was already very good at whereas Tatum has gotten better at things he wasn't good at coming into the league and that's kind of where I think the work ethic really shows yeah, for sure. I mean that that's spot on. So I'm gonna kind of skip around here a little a little bit here, just because there's there's one that I that I wanna I wanna get Jacob and then the one below it I wanna get Brett all fired up for. So this is from JT. Who are the who are the greatest third bananas in NBA history? I'm only looking at players who were are consistent in that third best player category for the majority of their career. So I'm reading this as I mean let's just take a. Chris Bosh and Kevin Love out of it then? Is that kind of kind of what we're doing for recency bias? Because, I mean, Kevin Love and Chris Bosh for, you know, before they teamed up with LeBron, coincidentally, um, they were probably the best players on their team. Well, that's kind of the second question. Too. All right, so let's just yeah. go, go into it. So, Brett, why don't you give us your, your greatest third banana? Yeah, there's a couple that come to mind if we're looking at guys that, like he said in the question, that for the majority of their career were, were like the third guy. I'm going to say Sean Marion. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good I, one. You know, and, and I think you could argue that he was a better player than Amari Stoudemire on those Suns teams. But I, I also think he, most people would consider him kind of the third guy on those teams behind Nash and Amare. And then even when he came to Dallas and and they won a title, he was kind of eh, I'd say he was their third guy. So yeah, he was he was just awesome. I mean, just an all around guy could do everything. Great rebounder, really good defensive player. Could shoot a little bit. Just whatever you needed him to do, he could do. He always brought the energy. So um, there was there was a few guys that came to mind, but Matrix is one of my my all time favorite players. So I'm gonna show him some love. That's a good yeah. one. That's actually a really really. Yeah. I didn't even think of him. That's 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 a solid, really good one. Oh, Jacob, yeah. who do you got? So I went. Don't you I dare say Draymond like, Green. I I was I was close. I actually think he was the second best player before they got to KD. So you know whatever. <laughs> I had um um like guys like John Havlicek. He spent too long as a second or first option to qualify for this. I think Parish and McHale actually they split. Like Parish was definitely the second choice earlier. Like McHale was the third choice earlier on in the eighties, but. Into the late later eighties, Parish definitely slipped into the third role. I think both of them were never consistently the third best player. Manu and Tony Parker, whoever you consider the third best player out of that whole big three they had, I think that's a good choice. Um, James Worthy, I think, is an obvious kind of choice. Although I think he spent a lot more time as the second best player on that Showtime team than people generally remember. Like by the time he was really hitting his peak. Um, Kareem was like 40 years old so there wasn't you know he was definitely I think the second best player on that this might be cheating a little bit because maybe you don't think he was the third best player on some of these teams I'm going to say Dennis Rodman as third best player because I think like you look at like Detroit I think you can make an argument either him or Lambia were the third best player on those Detroit teams and I think Obviously, you get to the Bulls, and in San Antonio, I think he was either the second or third best player in San Antonio. Yeah, I, I'd go Dennis Roman. I think he's the most impactful third banana in NBA history. That's interesting, and it's funny you say that because I, I actually took uh, uh, Ginobili because I just think that he was a true, you know, came off the bench like he was a true, a true role player, so to speak, and he was definitely the third best player on that team. But. Uh, I, everyone knows about Manu Ginobili, so I don't want to. I don't want to harp on him. But you know who I was thinking of, Jacob, when you said Dennis Rod- or before you said Dennis Rodman. I was actually thinking of Horace Grant. Oh, just Ooh. just in those early years, those early Bulls team, and there may be a little bit of some recency bias just because of the Last Dance came out, and then I just I did a deep deep dive on Horace Grant and and some of the stuff that he was able to do. I mean, he was a really really good player for not only the Bulls, but oh, yeah. those first couple years or the first year when he was with Orlando, like they essentially beat the Bulls because. You know, he wasn't on the Bulls and he was on Orlando. Like he just did all of all of the dirty things. I wasn't gonna choose him, but he was somebody that that came to my mind when I read this question uh, a couple days ago. So that, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. That's a pretty great one. He's an awesome, awesome player. 
Yeah, he was. He was. Okay, so this is kind of this kind of goes into the same one, but I'm I'm reading this one because of the PS because I think Brett's gonna like it. Um, this is from Ben. Which current player highly regarded around the league could become the third piece of a big three by giving up a bit of the spotlight like Chris Bosh and Kevin Love did? My pick is Blake Griffin. P.S. If Brett after tequila ever wants to defend Kobe against Tim Duncan, I'm so down for it. So there you go, Brett. I mean, there's a podcast. Um, you know, we'll just, we'll just all down some tequila and see what happens. Um, so, I mean, basically what Ben's asking is what, what player do you guys see that's kind of – um, maybe could join maybe a superstar team and, and be that third guy and, and sacrifice like, like Bosch and loved it. So Brett, why don't you hit us off? Why don't you start us off? Yeah. Well, Ben, we'll, uh, we'll have to do that, man. I'll, I'll defend Kobe against Tim Duncan all day, but that's, that'll be a conversation for another day. We'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that. It definitely involves some tequila. This one, the Blake Griffin pick is interesting that he said, I could see that assuming Blake can, get back to full health like if we're i think he's looking for kind of like a highly regarded as in like you know superstars or former superstar players like really high profile guys and blake's a a great choice i'm gonna i'm gonna say something crazy this just kind of came to me but durant like maybe not maybe not this season you know we we don't know what he's gonna be but we do know that he's coming off an achilles and i think there's a good chance that He's not going to be that same Kevin Durant. He's still going to be great. Like it's almost impossible that he wouldn't be, but I could see him ultimately becoming like the third guy, maybe even on the Nets. It, you know, maybe a couple years from now with Kyrie and uh, say they bring in somebody else, or even if one of their young guys really, really blossoms, I could see him as like, as like a third guy as he gets into his, you know, mid 30s here in a couple years. So I, I'm gonna. I could see that. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say KD on that one. You're talking. The, we'll see, I gotta, we'll see how he looks. Like you're. You're talking like maybe like four or five years down the road, right? Like you're not talking maybe, about like right maybe away. Maybe not. It, it depends. It depends what he looks like when he comes back. We we won't know if he's ninety percent of the player he was. Then you know he's far too good to ever be a third guy. But if he's you know seventy five percent of the player he was, eighty percent, and then maybe another year, two years from now. I could see him as like a as like just an absolutely lethal third option on like a championship caliber team, maybe minutes in the high twenties. Um, I I don't know if we can expect KD to be what he was or, or even close to that. The Achilles is no joke. Look at the history of guys that have come back from it. There's not a lot of uh, big success stories. So I love KD. I don't know. That's fair. That's no, fair. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 definitely an off the wall topic. I mean, our answer. I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. I could see. I could see that Brett in a couple of years. I can't see it next year. Yeah. I mean, that I think. Well, I know. Well, I don't think they're going to have a good enough number two guy. Even if say Kyrie's their number one, I don't think this next season they're probably going to have a. There's no way they'll have a guy that's better than Durant, even if Durant's only. 70 80 percent but maybe the season after that who knows but it'll it'll just depend on what he looks like that's no, fair yeah. that's fair all right jacob who do you got man well that really yeah that blows my out of the water like when you first said it i was like how good are your top two to have kd as your third best player like are you making like the all-time dream team but no no that's, man, duh. <laughs> that's but that's like yeah that that was a sneaky sneaky one brett but i'm going my first option is Paul George. I think you take PG and if you put him, say, in in the Lakers, he'd be the third best player and they would be unstoppable in that role. Like if you put him on, I don't think any other team really has two guys that good, but if you put him in that third role in a big three, you're talking about a team that is real dynastic level. My other choice actually was... Um, I think CP3 is another sneaky one. I think CP3 is really at that level now where like there are a lot of teams he would go to and be the third best player, but he would be a hell of a third best player. But I also think he might be a bit too ball dominant. So my second pick is for Steve. I think I'd actually go Middleton as my third guy in a big three. Cause you think like he's like right now he's the second best player on Milwaukee and you have Middleton as your second best player next to Giannis you know, Milwaukee might be the best team in the league. If you had Milton as the third best player next to Giannis, you might be talking about one of the best teams ever. Like that's the kind of level we could be on if Milton is your third best player. And I think he fits around other players so well. But 
again, I think that's like a slightly kind of slightly variant version of put that Paul George kind of do it all wing. Like I also think Tatum or Siakam could fit into that role or Victor Oladipo was another one I had down. If he, assuming he's healthy coming back eventually, I think he could really fit into as the third banana in a championship level team. I dude, I the Chris Middleton one is spot on because there's so many Bucks fans, like myself included. I mean, obviously, I, I have to stand for him, but I mean, if he was the third best player on the Bucks and we had a second best, oh my dude, we, I I call it right now. <laughs> so, when so, yeah, for like straight up for real. Um, so I kind of did, I kind of cheated a little bit because I think that we're entering this era where um the big three is kind of going to be gone for a little bit and it'll come back. But as you see, like this season, it, it's a lot of big twos. And so, uh, Jacob, you're not going to like this at all, but I actually, this is going to sound weird, but just hear me out. I chose Carl Anthony Towns actually, because I just think he can't, I don't think he can be the guy. Like I really don't. I think like no matter where he is, like you can't count on him to be your best player. And this is going to, again, this is going to kind of sound a little weird, but like he just needs someone that's going to come in and take the pressure off him and he can just be like the best version that he can be. And I don't know if that's maybe with Devin Booker or whoever else, but I could see like if Carl Anthony Towns is your second best player, chances are you're probably going to be a top three team in, in either conference and you're going to have a legit chance to to win the title. Like it, it's similar to – you guys are going to rip me for this one. I already know it. This isn't like a slight at Anthony Davis, but it's it, it's – Anthony Davis is better than Carl Anthony Towns, but it's interesting how when Anthony Davis was the man in New Orleans, like just as just as little as a couple years ago, you know, when they beat Portland and we're all ready for Anthony Davis to just break out. You know, it's clear, you know, during his time in New Orleans and seeing him in LA, like granted it's one A and one B, so but playing with LeBron, like granted, I know like LeBron's, you know, one of the greatest ever, but like Anthony Davis, I, I don't think there's no one would ever say that Anthony Davis isn't a top three, top four, top five player in the NBA right now. Like he's He's that good, and I do think there's something that comes with that mental, that mental thing. And I think Cat has it. Where, hey man, you're not going to get blamed for if we win tonight or if we lose tonight. You're not going to get the credit if we win tonight. You're just all you got to do is go out and play. You're not going to the you're not going to get all these questions by the media. Just go out and do your thing. And I think for someone like Cat, like I think that the mental aspect of the game, I don't think he's as mentally strong as like his contract dictates or as like a number one option dictates. So I looked at it from like a the the kind of the duo that we have currently in the NBA and I chose Carl Anthony Towns. So feel free to just rip me for that one, Jacob. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I'm like, what team could you put around Cat where he'd be the third best player? Like, I think he is I know, that's, what, that's, why, I went, that's why I went number two. That, that's why I kind of cheated a little bit. But like, I could see like, I think actually a better fit for Carl Anthony Towns and I said it at the top. Um, I think Devin Booker's, a, him and, Carl Anthony Towns are a much better fit than than him and D'Lo would be, and I think you could easily you could make a case. Um, and you'd have to. I, I think Devin Booker's sneakily underrated. I know I've ripped on him in the past, and I don't want to make this a Devin Booker podcast, but like someone like that, someone like a wing. Shut, shut up, Jacob! I hear you laughing, but I just I just think of Carl Anthony Towns like him not being the best player on a team. Like chances are your team's going to be very good. Whereas you know you saw it with Jimmy Butler. I mean like Carl Anthony Towns wasn't the best player on that team and they were a playoff team. You know, if Carl Anthony Towns is your best player, how far are you really going? But that's that's enough Minnesota talk. I don't want to talk about Minnesota anymore. All right. Let's see what other questions do we want here. Should we do a you guys want to do a media question here? Back-to-back media questions? Yeah. It's your call, man. Okay, well, th- I wanted to do this because I know we, we, we've talked about doing a, a, a media podcast. So, I mean, this kind of – we'll just kind of see how it goes. So, th- these are going to be back-to-back. So, is it fair to judge 2,000 Bill Simmons with 2020 lenses? So, Brent, why don't we go for you with that one? So, I'm assuming – for people that don't know, I'm assuming you guys all do know Bill Simmons has been in the news the last couple weeks. He kind of – kind of seem to can't get get out of his own way. Some of the comments that he's made about diversity and, and his own company with the ringer. And, you know, there's, there's been kind of the cancel culture mobs been, been kind of out on him. So, I mean, Brett, why don't you kind of, yeah, let's, let's start with you, Brett. Let's kick it to you right away. All right. Yeah. That was from Sam, right? That's um, from Sam. Yep. Sorry, Sam. Sorry. Shout out to Sam. That's from you, Sam. Sam, Sam Sam's my guy. I know Sam. We got to give him a shout out on that one. Um, I, In a word, uh, the answer to the question is no, I do not think it's fair. That's, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, or look, if it was something completely egregious that he said or did 15, 20 years ago, something he wrote, 
maybe, you know, but a lot of the stuff that's being pulled up is not appropriate today, but back then it was different. Like times change. Right. And I think we should judge people based on who they are today, not who they were 20 years ago. And, and and what he wrote is not even necessarily a reflection of who he is. It's just what he was writing back then. And, um, so yeah, I wouldn't want to be judged for things that I wrote or said even 10 years ago. I think I've changed so much since then. And I think, um, I think we should be encouraging people to change, not, um, digging stuff up from their past. So I'm kind of disgusted by the way people have been doing that with Bill Simmons. I hate that whole, that whole culture uh, on Twitter. Look what he wrote in 2004. Like, oh my God, let's cancel him. No, fuck that. I I hate that stuff. It's not fair at all. So my answer to the question is no. All right, Jacob. Jacob, what do you... All right, Brett, let's go, baby. All right, Jacob, what do you you think? (laughs) So there is a lot to unpack here. But basically, everything Brett said, but the opposite. No, 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 it's not. But do I think it's fair to judge 2000 Bill Simmons by 2020 lenses? Basically, yeah, but regardless, I think we can judge to the uh, some of the stuff Bill Simmons said in 2000s by 2000 lenses, and that works just fine. Like, I think this question is a little bit silly because it obviously it's framed using the, like you said, Brett, like times change, like applying modern morality to historical events. But we're talking about 20 years. Like, we need some perspective here. Like, imagine if I said... Should we judge an event in 1560 by 1580 standards? Like, that's just like obviously when we actually put it into real historical perspective, we think that's nothing. That's no time. And obviously, times like time moves uh, a bit quicker, culture moves a bit quicker now. But we're still, we're talking like some of the stuff you were saying in 2000 wasn't acceptable in 2000. Like, that's just the reality of it. And you're right. Are you sure though? I mean, because it was accepted. It was accept. I mean, was it accepted? Because it's just that we didn't have social media then for people to kind of go back through. Like, I'm sure, like, what the stuff he was writing, like in his book, like there weren't comment sections and Twitter handles that could like comment on what he was saying. Like, that doesn't mean people weren't offended by it, reading it. But I mean, obviously, I think everyone. I mean, are we not allowed to offend people? You are. You're allowed. Of course, you're allowed to offend people. But you have freedom of speech. But you also need to accept that by exercising freedom of speech, you might alienate people. And that's just the cult. That's just like free market in action. Like, obviously, I think you're right that everyone can change and grow. And what Bill Simmons said in 2000 doesn't mean that's what he believes in 2020. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean that that's who he is. Just because you say something, just because you make an offhand comment, a silly comment that maybe you don't think through and you just do for a joke, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. Absolutely not. But that also doesn't mean when you do something like the thing you said about like, getting his wife pregnant like that's fucking weird and like i'm just like that was that was okay yeah but like bill simmons like for those of you guys that don't know like he's he's not a good one but he's like a comedic writer like he was he like he moved to la to be on the jimmy kimmel show and his column is supposed to be like entertainment like i i mean jacob in a vacuum like sure but like he's trying to be funny whether the joke mr like he was trying to be funny and there's been there's been plenty of comedians like all these guys. I feel like Bill Simmons looks at himself as like um, an amateur comedian, and that's all he's doing. So like I mean like I, I get what you're saying, and and for people to I don't mind if people like if people want to crush Bill Simmons for something that he said, that's fine. Like I, I like he he's an entertainer. He he has an opinion. Like yeah, man, that's fine. But like. For something that happened 20 years ago that he wrote that how he felt at the time, like I, I don't necessarily think that we should just be killing somebody or, or trying to get them canceled. Like I've always said, like when when Simmons and Rusillo's podcast came out, you know, the one right after George Floyd. And I think everyone that listened to that, you know, once again, if you're going to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rusillo for social justices, social justice, number one, I think you have a problem. But I mean, like, that's not the people that I would go to to listen to. But you know, like it was, it was very, very tone deaf and they got, and I think like, you know, that's one of those things where it's kudos to social media because they, they recognized the backlash almost immediately and they, they issued apologies and it was time to move on. The issue that I had with that is it just was, it just was, oh, now we got to cancel Bill Simmons for what? Because he made some comment, like let, we need to, as a society, help people grow and not just, I, I don't know. 
I don't want to use the word cancel because, but like, not just shun them and say, hey, your opinion doesn't matter on this. Like, let's help educate people. So like, Bill Simmons has been around since 1999. Like, of course, there's going to be stuff that he probably, him himself probably has written that he rereads and he goes, oh man, this is terrible. I can tell you guys just listening. I listened to our first podcast. Um, this is a little bit of different context. The first podcast that we did, and while the content was fine, like how how I sounded was fucking cringeworthy. So I mean, like I, at some point, like we can't sit here and just just slam people for what they thought back then. And I mean, both of you guys are right. I mean, Brett and Jacob. I mean, like yes, Jacob, you're right. There wasn't social media back in 2000. So how how would we know? But then I could I could be like what Brett says and say. Hey man, well, his book was still a number one seller and everybody, everybody read it. Everybody bought it. Everybody went to, everybody followed him when he went to Grantland. Everybody followed him when he went to the ringer. He's got almost 7 million followers. You know, he's got outside of part of my take, like he's got a top three, top four sports podcast. Like he's, he's huge. He just sold his company for what, $200 million. So, I mean, like, like people do still follow him. So, I mean, and, and again, like, I don't want people to say like, Hey, if you disagree with Bill Simmons, like go for it. But like, yeah, but like, that's the thing. Like, it's fine. Like, go ahead. It's fine. It's, it's fine to, to disagree. And it's fine to even, I guess, to bring stuff up maybe from the past. Like, I don't know if you really want to, I don't see the the value in doing that, but, but um, to, to answer the question, I just, I just don't think it's fair to, to, to judge who he is, like his character based on, you know, a couple of sentences that he wrote, you know, as a joke a long time ago. Like if you, if like the whole reason that all this came up was like the, the lack of diversity at the ringer. And if, yeah, if people want to talk about that, that's great. I mean, that's, that's worth talking about. That's a very real thing that's is relevant to, to right now, but where, what's the point of saying, like, if he had said something blatantly racist or horrible, you know, 15, 20 years ago, that would be completely different. But like Bill Simmons is a good dude. And like, we're, you know, so we're, people are just kind of nitpicking, just scouring all his, all his old writing, looking for stuff to bring up. That's what it felt like. It's died down a little bit, but there was that like two week period where that was going on. And it was just kind of like, you know, people you know, are just wasting your time. Like what, what's the point of this? What good is going to come of this? And just, just to add to this though, cancel culture is complete nonsense. It does <laughs> not exist. Like this is what the question really boils down to. It does not exist. Like I don't buy cancel that culture at all. is cancel culture is a media creation by powerful media entities and individuals to avoid to avoid criticism and to avoid having to face repercussions for their actions. Ultimately, like the people who complain about cancel culture are some of the wealthiest, most powerful people in America who are slightly being held accountable by a free market. On social media, it's complete nonsense. But but like, Jacob, and, we, and we'll get into it, and we'll get into it later. I'm sure on an eventual podcast where we can really delve into this. But I just wanted to put that out here now that I don't think that any of the canceling Bill Simmons shit, uh, like that that shit, just wash. I'm like, that's complete. Bollocks. That is what that is, though. That is cancel culture. Digging through his old writing, looking for stuff to, to, to and then sharing it. Like, People were like compiling like all the worst things he's ever said and then sharing it like like that's cancel culture. It, it doesn't mean he's going to be canceled. He's not going to be canceled. It, no, you know, like that's not going to happen. But it, but it's that same mechanism. It, that's what that is. That's that's going after him. That's exactly what it is. Is was cancel culture like calling him out? You know, yeah, on yeah. things from the past. Like that, that's, that, that's that's holding you accountable for things you did. Like no one's saying like Bill Simmons isn't saying that he didn't write those things back in two thousand. Like you did write those things, and you don't want to be held. You don't want to be held accountable for that. We'll, we'll do this on another pod. But I, I just add there's there's a difference between holding someone accountable and hashtag cancel Simmons trending on Twitter and people like legit. People legitimately were trying to get him fired. We're trying to get him. Look at uh, look at the Harry Potter uh, lady. Look at J.K. Rowling. Like that's that she's like been canceled by like. The fan, her biggest fans, like yeah. because of a tweet that, yeah, that that's, like, that's it's insane. That's free it's insane. market capitalism. That's but all that insanity. is. It's, it's, it's a mob consum- mentality, is what a, it is. It's a consumer saying, because of the creator or because of the corporate entity, the CEO, like J.K. Rowling is the CEO of her own entity. Bill Simmons, the CEO of her own of his own corporation, and consumers saying, "I'm not going to buy from you anymore. I'm not going to that's go fine. to your media." Yeah, but that's, that's fine too. Because it, it's like 
I don't feel bad for Bill Simmons or Jay. You know, they're 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 multimillionaires. Like they're totally fine. Like I'm not. I don't. Ha- I don't feel bad for them. But it's just that. Um, what if what if these what if this cancel culture mob starts going after you know lesser people? Like what if somebody sends a similar tweet and then they're like, oh, this we could actually get this person canceled because they're not as powerful, and somebody loses their job because they think there's a difference between a woman and a trans woman, for instance. Like what I think that's what J.K. Rowling said. Like you know, if somebody le- that is not as powerful as her that doesn't have the sort of support structure that she has said that. They could get canceled. They could get fired from their job for that. And that's where it's a little like, okay, are we not allowed to have opinions anymore un- unless they unless they agree with the with those of the the cancel culture mob? So I think you got to look at it. Yeah, these these celebrities are pretty immune to it. At least you know, especially when they're not doing anything that's that's that crazy. But um, you got to you got to look at the principle of it. All you're talking about though is consumers exercising their right to choose and then corporations saying, right, this person maybe like given your example, like maybe this person that works for us, I'm guessing it would have to be really in a capacity where they're public facing. They're saying, right, too much of the public doesn't like this person anymore. So they aren't viable biz- like business wise. Like they're not gonna make us money. And it might damage our reputation by having this person. Like, so all we all we're talking about is consumers exercising their free their right to a free market capitalist society. It's different than that, though, because you could just a, a consumer hey, exercising their right. Podcast. That's the thing. All right, all right, all right. We're gonna, we're yeah. gonna get into this some more. Definitely. I, I okay. knew this question would do this, though. I, 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 like, I, 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 I was asking. Like, I knew. Thanks, right. Sam. <laughs> Shout out to you, Sam. All right, so I mean, maybe we'll do a bonus one, but we got we kind of got to wrap up here. So I I do want to end. Again, we, we, we try to get as many as we can, and this was really fun. And maybe we'll do a bonus one during the week. Who knows? But um, I, I, I want to start – I wanted to do this one. I told these guys I wanted to do it. And, Jacob, you can do it because you're a dog dad now. So last one is going to be – I know at least two of you are dads like myself. Please share some father fails or pet fails. I can tell you one. Um, if you follow me on my, on my personal Facebook page, I kind of try to document as much as I can on there for fun stuff. So I got two. I got one. It was about 3.30 in the morning, and one of my daughters – needed her diaper change and a feeding. And I, I went there and I, I changed her diaper, got her in her onesie, and I went to sit her down. She was sitting on my lap. And as I'm feeding her, I'm noticing that like her, her butt is just super wet and my shorts are just getting soaked. So I like take, I, I keep feeding her and I take like her onesie down a little bit. And I'm like, huh, there's no diaper on. So I literally changed her and didn't put a diaper on, but like a true, like a true father, I sat there and my shorts were just soaked in pee. That 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 is one of them. I have so many of these. Like right now, I don't know if you can hear. Mm-hmm. Like my wife just sent me a text message saying, "Please help." Um, both children are screaming at the top of their lungs right now. I have no idea why. We're gonna go up there. Maybe they want to be held. Who knows? I knew that they were – when I came down here, they were fed. They were changed. They're usually good for a couple hours. But, I mean, dude, it's stuff like this that happens all the time, man. And if you want to – I'm not trying to promote anything. It's just my – Steve Sabatini. But you can find me on Facebook, dude. I share this shit all the time. And it's just like, dude, it's 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 crazy. As fun as it is, like it's – I have so many fails. Like another one, like I left my belt in the bedroom one time. I tried to get it but I knew they were sleeping. So I went to work beltless. That was a fun day. Jesus, man. So, I mean, I mean, Brett, I know how old is, how old is your cat? I mean, he's got to be up there a little bit. I'm sure you have some funny stories. Yeah. He's like two and a half. Um, or I guess almost closer to three now he'll be three in September, but, uh, I've got a lot. Um, I guess, uh, I guess the funny one that comes to mind is like when, you know, when he was born, I sort of, I kind of went crazy buying basketball shoes for him, like little Jordans. Cause like, you know, you can find just about any Jordan in kids sizes or infant sizes, and they're not that expensive, you know, compared to the ones that I buy for myself, but they're still not cheap. You know, it's maybe, maybe like 70, $80 for like a a nice pair of 11s, but still it didn't seem too bad. So I kind of, I kind of stocked up a little bit on them. And like with me, when I buy Jordans, I'll sit on them for a while. Like I'll keep them fresh um, before I really break them out. And I kind of made the mistake of doing that with him. Where um you know I just waited a little too long uh before we before we broke them out and by the time I went to put them on his feet like they didn't fit anymore <laughs> so I've got like I've got like you know four or five pairs of like you know little Jordan 11s and 12s um they're they're sick and he was never even able to wear them so they're they're still sitting on ice actually maybe I'll um I could probably send you a pair Steve uh, <laughs> but, uh you know. <laughs> 
but uh, yeah, they kind of went to waste, and it's it's a shame. But I guess the moral of that story is that uh, they grow fast. Dude, you ain't <laughs> kidding, man. And come on, Jacob. I know you just got your dog. Um, I, I know what his name is. I'm not going to say it unless you want to say it. But why don't you uh, – come on, man. I know you're only getting a couple hours of sleep. Give me give me a good story, man. Well, I mean – well, I'll say it. His name is Memphis, which mean, which kind of means now I have to be a Grizzlies fan. Yes, which I'm okay do. with. Like, yes, I'm a, like I, I love Ja. Like, I'm I'm happy to do that. I was a big fan of Clark. But um, actually, just last night, like, because right now we've only got him for about, I think it's five days, six days now. So we're just getting past the he cries all night at sli- all night kind of range. But, like, he's had a little bit of diarrhea in these first few days because we think the treats that we've been giving him aren't good. So we've been giving him chicken <laughs> no, instead. Really? But, but um, so last night, like he was like for his third shit of the night we're taking i'm taking him out there it's like three in the morning and he is like like in his like it's a little bit diary and like the last bit is like you know like when like your nose is running like and it was like phlegmy kind of coming down like from like his ass to the floor and then and like generally like he squeezes to try like cut it off a bit you know like pincer maneuver to get rid of it and then he does it a few times and it doesn't work and then he just sits down. And I was like, fuck. Just right in the middle of his shit. And I was like, oh. you're fucking kidding me. It's like three in the morning. Don't do this to me, man. And he just he's just looking at me like, what? What are you going to do? <laughs> and I was oh, like, man. oh, it was horrible. That's awesome, man. We got my bunker as a roller. He doesn't do it as much anymore, but when we first got him, man, he would roll in so much shit. Like he's a he's a white and brown <laughs> he's a white and brown dog. He's like forty pounds, dude. He'd just be as as black as my iPhone, man. Just coming in like oh. Then you got to take a bath. You got a bath. Oh my god, dude. It's not the other thing. Um, I'm sure Brett, you had to do it with one, but with two kids, with twins, dude. I haven't showered since Friday morning. Um, dude, like it just brushing my teeth is like is just it's like a chore now. It's so hard to do. Like you get it in, but it's so hard. Like with two, it is just insane. Like luckily, like I'm back at work. I went back to work last week. So I'm so I can only work out at the gym now for like 30, 35 minutes before I I have to go to work and and because I want to help Mrs. Bucks and Six out as much as possible. But just like taking a shower or like just doing doing laundry is dude, it is just it's just insane, man. And then like you I probably shouldn't say this on this podcast, Brett. You feel free to feel free to edit this out if you want to. But there's times you just like you wake up like in the middle of like you're so mad. You're like, God, can you just sleep from like eleven to four or five a.m. And then like the second you see their face, like all that anger just goes away. Like it's it's the most surreal, like coolest thing ever. Like I, I love. Oh yeah, I love it because you're mm-hmm. like a, you're like God. What do you like? What do you need? And then, like, you just see that face. And even even if they're crying, like, you just look at that face and you're like, God damn, man. Like, I helped make that shit. Like, I, how can I be mad at you? Like, my daughters are – I'm going to – I already know it, dude. They, they've already got me wrapped around their finger. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, you're, and you're right. And, man, I totally, totally know what you mean. Like, he can be being so crazy. Like, I'll hear him in the other room just going nuts. And then – but, yeah, as soon as you see their face, like – and like sometimes even like even if he's got like a really nasty diaper or something like, you know, and I would be changing his diaper and I'll just look at his face and like, you know, as, as grossed out or as frustrated as I could be with the diaper, I, I just tell myself, look at his face, look at his face. You just look at that cute face and, you know, you can't be too mad or too grossed out or anything like it. Yeah. Just looking at him, it, it does change everything, no matter how crazy they're acting. <laughs> it's nuts, man. Jacob, are you, are you are you crate training your dog? We are. Yeah, we we put him in a crate at night and kind of. Because because we're both going to be working like once this is yeah. you know once the COVID thing eventually ends like we're going to be working we need to be able to put him in a crate during the day and know he's going to be all right so yeah we need to crate train him at night but but yeah like even with a dog like I can appreciate like because I'm not big on you know like piss and shit and all that stuff <laughs> like but but when like when it's yours and you love it you just kind of you just you just put up with it and like I wasn't ready for that I was like oh I can't believe the first time I'm going to have to grab like get tight touch his shit or like it's easy man yeah Yeah, exactly but like the first time it's like four in the morning and then i'm so tired and i'm just like just get up and do it just fucking do it and then you just like once you actually love what you're doing like it's quite easy even when it's really disgusting i've found 
Oh, dude, it is. It is like it's just, just some. So, like, I, I got a funny story. Like, we we crate train bunker for a while, and then obviously we don't. He can sleep wherever he wants now. Like, he's fine. But there was one time, like, you're supposed to. You know, how you're supposed. To, well, I don't know if you're supposed to. But we put a blanket, like, like over the crate, and my wife did. And like for whatever reason, like he was just barking nonstop. So we go in there to like let him out of his crate, dude. And this poor our poor dog. This is when we first got him. We didn't know any better. He was just sweating. And he was just panting. I'm like, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, my God. Just gave him a whole bunch of water. But one piece of advice that we – I don't know. It might be just an American thing, and you can make fun of me for it. We actually take him to doggy daycare. Dude, he fucking loves it. We take him once, once, sometimes twice a week. Dude, he plays with all these other dogs, man. He gets to know other dogs. He loves it, dude. He comes back. Like, he's a little bit more calmer. Dude, it's fucking awesome. No, no, we do have some. We have looked up because – Mrs. Birkinshaw has like she is she's read books she's listened to podcasts she's you know watched YouTube series getting ready for this like she's made she's taken notes for fuck's sake she's got notebooks for this shit like she knows what she's doing yeah she was like we're gonna take him to doggy daycare once once he's old enough to go on the ground she hasn't has his proper vaccinations yet so we yeah, still have for to sure, carry for sure yep but yeah yeah it's um I'm looking forward to it like the first time like we walk him through a park and his tail starts wagging and he like he sees another dog and he like runs over and like oh it's his mate oh fuck he has friends outside dude, of us <laughs> awesome dude my dog's got a girlfriend like he's got so many friends dude it's <laughs> fucking awesome dude i love it i love it we got to we got to get Brett you got to get a dog man mm, nah i don't yeah, know about I, that I um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, and i don't i don't know if you mentioned it if you did i will uh, edit this out but uh shout out to eric for that last question yeah, dude, yeah. Eric, that, that was a fun one. And like I said, I'll, I'll maybe get with these guys. I mean, it, it's pretty tough for me right now to do more than once a week, but I'll see if I can fit one in here because you guys, honestly, like I'm not, this isn't bullshit. You guys had a lot of really good questions and I'm really, there, there was a couple that I really, really wanted to get to that we just, we just, yeah, there was, there was, there was quite a, there was quite a few that were, were really good that we didn't get to. So if, if there's a, if we could do like a part two, or yeah, dude, part, do maybe, maybe do it, do a little bit at the end of the next couple episodes, however, the best way to do it, but I hope we can get to the rest of these questions. Um, we definitely will at some point. Cause there, there was some, some really good ones that, that we didn't even get to for sure, man. Oh, yeah. and, and you guys rock. And I know Jacob, uh, Brett and myself, we really appreciate the, uh, the support that you guys have given us. And we'll, we're going to keep uh, banging these podcasts out for you. As long as there's an audience, you know, we're, still going to be here and and keep sending those those emails to our email address it's pod pod at gmail.com i mean it could be it doesn't just have to be for a mailbag if you guys if there's something that you guys you want us to talk about or some some cool topic that you guys have i mean we can dedicate a good 20 30 maybe even some cases a full show to it so keep sending us stuff we really appreciate the support that is going to be it for us today really appreciate again i can't thank you guys enough for the support that you guys have given us and we'll still be here uh still doing this stuff so hopefully everyone is is staying safe as well i mean this 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 thing that's going on it is real and we need to take proper precautions for it and my team the bucks just landed on friday it's domination time we're not coming home until i don't know october whenever this thing ends because we're gonna win the entire thing Don't tell anybody. All right, guys. Um, for, for myself, uh, Brett and Jacob, uh, we're out of here. You guys have a great, great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys.